you, God. So help me, God. Congratulations, Mr. President. It's a new era in Washington, with President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris taking office in the midst of these challenging times. Today, we'll look at the many Hoosiers serving key roles in the new administration. Plus, former Vice President Mike Pence back in Indiana. We'll talk with his brother, Congressman Greg Pence, and we'll talk about the security precautions at the state capitol here in Indiana with state lawmakers Rod Bray, Greg Taylor, and Terry Austin. All that and the governor's state of the state address. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. My whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. President Joe Biden takes office as the nation's 46th president. Good morning, I'm Dan Spieler. There's a new administration in Washington, D.C. as the now former president faces an impeachment trial in the Senate in the coming weeks, even as the new president calls for unity. Washington correspondent Kelly Meyer has the latest on President Biden's first week in office. Joe Biden returned to the White House Wednesday, this time as president. No time to waste. The newly sworn in President Biden signed several executive orders, including one on COVID-19, mandating masks on federal property. We're going to rebuild our economy as well. And these are just all starting points. A whirlwind day for the president and vice president Kamala Harris, who was sworn in as the first female, first black American, and first South Asian American to hold the office. So help me God. On the west front of the U.S. Capitol, President Biden gave his first address, laying out his hope for the next four years. And set our sights on the nation we know we can be and we must be. Former presidents Obama, Bush and Clinton were all there and joined the new leaders in a wreath laying ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery. Present or the evening's usual inaugural parties are being replaced by a primetime broadcast called Celebrating America with celebrity guests and a final message from the new president. And to overcome the challenges in front of us requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity. Kelly Meyer reporting there. So what will the new administration in Washington mean for all of us here in Indiana? And what can the new president do to try and bring the country together in these very divided times? Kayla Sullivan has a closer look at what Indiana political leaders are saying about the president's call for unity. For without unity, there is no peace. President Joe Biden calls for the American people to put aside their differences. We can see each other, not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. It's a message both Republican and Democratic Hoosiers agree with. We need as a nation to kind of come together, recognize that our differences are there and that it's, uh, those are very, very healthy and that we can have a civil and substantive debate. I think that he speaks to everybody. Though unity is needed, President Biden noted it's easier said than done. And that will no doubt be one of the biggest challenges for President Biden. He didn't push a lot of policy in his speech as president. So I think he didn't have to go too far into that, except say that uh, this is the direction he wanted to set. We have to move forward here together and, uh, and politics will will have its day, um, but it doesn't have to be um, 
like this. UND political science professor Laura Wilson says a message of bringing the two parties together was crucial for states like Indiana, where President Donald Trump won by 17 percentage points. It's important to understand who this new leader is, to get a sense of his vision, and of course, it's easy to talk about unity. Um, we should look forward to seeing how President Biden approaches that in the future. From the Indiana State House, I'm Kayla Sullivan. Meantime, after this month's insurrection, the security concerns at the inauguration also led to lockdowns at state capitals across the country, including here in Indiana, where the State House was closed earlier this week. Now, some lawmakers wonder if that will lead to delays in this year's session. We spoke with legislative leaders this past week. I don't think there's going to be any doubt that we may have fewer bills that actually end up becoming law. I certainly get that, but you have to take everything in context. And, you know, two weeks ago, we saw kind of a horrific scene in Washington, D.C., and, and you have to keep that in the back of your mind at the very least. It's better safe than sorry under these circumstances. When we look at what we've seen, uh, we have to be extraordinarily careful when it comes to holding session. The General Assembly will still be able to plow through and get all of their work done. Now, the security concerns and the ongoing pandemic also prompted Governor Holcomb to deliver his State of the State address virtually this past week. We'll have some of the highlights from his remarks coming up later this morning. Today, we're also talking about former Indiana governor and now former Vice President Mike Pence, who returned to his home state of Indiana after the inauguration on Wednesday. Serving as your vice president was the greatest honor of our life. But now that that season of service has come to an end, we just had to come home. As for what's next for the former VP, not even his brother is sure. Congressman Greg Pence spoke with us at the airport on Wednesday. He just did an outstanding job the whole time. I think the way he supported his president and the administration was just the right thing for every president to do. I, you know, President Biden did that for President Obama, and my brother really distinguished himself as a, as a, uh, in the same line of support for his president. Uh, happy he's coming home to Columbus, Indiana, where we grew up. Uh, sad that things didn't work out, and he wasn't going to be my vice president for the next four years. What's the future hold for him? I don't know. Hopefully I'll find out a little bit after he gets here. You know, I think he was, he was busy trying to do the right thing out in Washington, which I think he absolutely did. He's a hero for what he did, uh, but I don't think he's really looked forward. Congressman Greg Pence there. Meantime, as several key Hoosiers like the vice president leave D.C., several others are getting to work in the new administration. President Biden choosing longtime advisor and Indy native Ron Klain for chief of staff. Klain served as chief of staff for Biden during former President Obama's first term. Klain has worked with Biden since his campaign for president back in 1988. And, of course, another key Hoosier in the new administration, former South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who went before the Senate for his confirmation hearing on Thursday. Rashad Hudson has more. Thursday, former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg took a big step to becoming President Joe Biden's pick to lead the Transportation Department. We need to build our economy back better than ever, and the Department of Transportation can play a central role in this. Fellow Hoosier and Indiana Senator Todd Young introduced him to the Senate committee. And as mayor, he invested in important infrastructure improvements. Buttigieg outlined his vision to protect travelers and improve the nation's infrastructure. I will work every day to make sure the department meets its mission of ensuring safety safety for both travelers and for workers. 
If confirmed, Buttigieg would become the first openly gay person confirmed by the Senate to a cabinet position. Mississippi Senator Roger Vicker said President Biden's plan to improve rail could impact the entire country. These issues are significant for all Mississippians and all Washingtonians and all Americans. Washington Senator Maria Cantwell stressed the need for a big and bold infrastructure plan. And we need to make infrastructure investment all around the United States of America, including in public transportation. A Senate confirmation vote for Buttigieg is expected in the coming days. In Washington, Rashad Hudson. All right, I'm joined now by Importantville's Adam Wren. Adam, a number of Hoosiers in this new administration and some bipartisan moments there with Senator Young and, and transportation nominee Pete Buttigieg. That's right. You know, as he gears up for his own reelection bid, we've seen uh, Senator Todd Young uh, kind of move to the center uh, over the last few weeks and his introducing and championing the nomination uh, process uh, and the confirmation process of Pete Buttigieg is part and parcel of that. Uh, you know, I've, I've been told to expect him to announce reelection uh, sometime after February 1st. And so, you know, he's going to be a really key figure in the Senate as a bipartisan figure uh, on some of these big legislative deals like infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, we saw him this past week, uh, you know, reject a, a waiver for uh, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, who was ultimately confirmed. Uh, but Senator Todd Young, as well as, of course, Pete Buttigieg and Ron Klain, these will all be uh, figures that we hear about every yeah. day uh, in the news uh, and kind of a continuation of Indiana as important bill. Real quick here, uh, the impeachment trial, might that slow the process for some of the cabinet nominees like Buttigieg still waiting for confirmation? We've heard a number of Senate Republicans like John Cornyn say exactly that, that this could very much slow uh, the, the nomination and confirmation process down. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Okay, Adam, thank you so much. We, we appreciate it. Coming up next this Sunday in Focus, we'll hear from more of our panelists on both sides of the aisle to get their thoughts on the new administration in D.C. And we'll talk with the state's chief medical officer about the efforts to ramp up vaccinations here in the state of Indiana. Welcome back. We're talking about the new administration this week with our panel, including former Indiana Democratic Party Chair Robin Winston, who joined us on Inauguration Day to share his thoughts on the president's inaugural address trying to bring us together, talking about moving the nation together. Uh, it was tremendous um, diversity throughout the program and not contrived diversity, but committed diversity. You know, we have a president that realizes that our nation is split. Um, his speech offered for folks that opposed him to be part of the, uh, of the moving ahead of our nation. And he stressed that, that even if you did not vote for him, he still was going to be president for all Americans. That's a welcome message. I'm sure a lot of people enjoy it. Mike, uh, can the new president uh, achieve unity right now uh, in a country that is that is incredibly divided? Absolutely. Let me let me just begin by quoting uh, President Ford: "Our long national nightmare is now over, and with that, the nation can move forward." I was impressed with President Biden's speech. I was so happy to see all the living presidents, except for President Carter, who apparently has medical problems, be on the dais with him. Um, I think it sends a message, not only to our friends around the world, but to our enemies around the world, um, don't mess with the United States. Jennifer, your thoughts on, on Inauguration Day, a very different inauguration because of the pandemic, because of the recent violence in DC. Uh, things certainly looked a, a lot different this time around, also not having 
the outgoing president be a part of the proceedings? I think it was it was nice to see you know former Vice President Pence and, and uh, Karen Pence there for the occasion. Um, I agree with what Mike said. I don't know that I would use the long national nightmare quote, but everyone breathed a collective sigh of relief watching Trump's plane take off Andrews Air Force Base and fly into the distance. Um, it was a great day. Um, I would be remiss as the only lady on the panel today if I didn't say how amazing it was to watch uh, Vice President Harris get sworn in and what a great message that sends to women, little girls, uh, every, every female around the world and in our country who might have you know, hopes of holding national office someday. Tony, your thoughts uh, as uh, vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign in 2016, you, I assume you have a different take uh, on the events of today, what they mean through your perspective. Uh, what did you think of the now former president's departure from the White House and, and his absence uh, on the inaugural platform? Sure, well, I'll, I'll just start by saying I don't think uh, everybody uh, breathed a sigh of relief. I think there were folks that uh, obviously half the country uh, that uh, wished that he was uh, remaining as our president, but it's time to move on. Uh, it, the the, the uh, inauguration took place. It, it uh, happened in the best way that I think it could. I think, I think President Trump did the right thing. I mean, imagine after such a contentious election, if he were on that stage with his family, uh, the focus would have been on that uh, it would have been on, you know, what they uh, were thinking or how they looked or, or, you know, there would have just been a lot of stress and strain that wasn't necessary. I think he went out very, in a very dignified manner, gave some uh, great remarks, uh, both uh, on Tuesday and then uh, uh, this morning, uh, Wednesday morning, uh, before leaving. And I, I think probably all parties uh, felt it was the, the right uh, way to do, given uh, the way that the election uh, went down, and I think uh, his words were um, welcomed by both parties because he also spoke of unity. He wished the new administration well and prayers and said that he hopes for their success, and I think that was the right message. All right, some reaction here from members of Indiana's congressional delegation. Senator Todd Young said, quote, the peaceful transfer of power is an essential component of the American experiment and added, I stand ready to work with the new administration to find common ground where possible. New Representative Victoria Sparts sounding less optimistic. She said it appears that the president is going with a partisan approach on key issues like energy, immigration and border security, judging by his first executive actions doesn't seem very unifying, said Sparts. From Congressman Andre Carson, today is a day to celebrate, but also a day to recommit ourselves to the work that lies ahead. He says he's ready to hit the ground running with our new administration to help America heal and move forward. We heard more about that call for unity from more of our InFocus panelists. And I think it's interesting that the inauguration also happened the same week as Martin Luther King Day. Um, and I think what it does is it gives us all an opportunity to sort of maybe just do a reset. Uh, now, granted, there will be people on the far left and the far right who, who won't get it, uh, who are happy with the chaos going on. Uh, but I think this is a chance for us to come together. Uh, like I said, when Mitch McConnell and, and Kevin McCarthy went to church this morning uh, with Joe Biden, it was uh, symbolic, yes, but also it's a sign that, hey, you know what? The, the noise is over. The shutting is over. We have some serious issues in this country. We have a pandemic we have to get through. There are so many um, historic elements um, ranging from the fact that Two weeks ago, the site of the swearing in uh, was the site of a violent uh, insurrection where people died. 
Um, so you, you have that juxtaposition of the two, but it is also a really um, unique opportunity in this country uh, for unity, frankly. And I think we're gonna see some of that today, especially with the Pence family, uh, Vice President Pence and, and Mrs. Pence being a part of the inaugural ceremony and being there. Um, and their presence and the fact that so many of the uh, Republicans in Congress and leadership uh, went to mass with Joe Biden this morning. Um, that speaks volumes. And I, I think it's an opportunity to turn the page. Uh, a lot of places I've traveled to around the world do not have a peaceful transfer the way we do. Um, January 6th aside, of course. Um, but I, I think we'll see what uh, President Biden ultimately says, I think he will speak a lot to unity and trying to heal the country, but we all need to uh, want to be healed in order for him to be successful. And I, I'm not convinced that all Americans are there. And that goes for both sides of the aisle. We are all obsessed with this era of outrage that we have been living in for far too long. And that goes before Donald Trump becoming president, even before him becoming a candidate for president. So we all need to take time to reflect on how we engage in politics, how we engage in community and society, if this president is to be successful in unifying the country. And I'm so excited for my daughters. I'm so excited for my son. I'm so excited for the next generation America, we're almost 250 years old, which means almost two and a half centuries of vice presidents that were males and, and all white. And so this is a new day. This is the opportunity for America, and as we're seeing with the new administration, for our cabinet, for our country, for the administration to really truly look like Americans. My children are so blessed to be in this great nation. My daughter was, was born soon after um, the inauguration of former president Barack Obama, the first black president. And now they will be living in America where we have a female vice president. How exciting to continue to break that glass ceiling. And as we're talking about other countries, yes, we are blessed to be in a nation where there's a peaceful transfer of power. But let us also remember that there are many nations that have had female heads of states and we're yet to see one here in the United States of America after two and a half centuries of our existence. Rima Shahid and the rest of our panel, we appreciate their perspective. Coming up next this Sunday in Focus, we're getting reaction from educators to Governor Holcomb's State of the State address. Plus, we're one-on-one -on -one with the state's chief medical director. Stick around, we'll be right back after this. Despite being told that additional vaccine would be coming to states, We've since learned that there is no national stockpile. Our vaccine allocations have not increased beyond the roughly 78 to 80,000 doses we were already expecting each week. Indiana's chief medical officer acknowledging this week that they thought they'd be getting more doses each week from the federal government by this point in the process. And they say that has kind of been slowing things down at this point. This past week, our Debbie Knox had a chance to speak with Dr. Lindsay Weaver one-on-one -on -one for our special town hall on the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, you've heard about um, newly inaugurated President Biden saying 100 million vaccinations in, in 100 days. Uh, are you, are you, this sort of rolls into that. Are you prepared for that or are you, what, do you, what do you need to accomplish that goal? 
We are ready for it. Um, we, our sites that are currently vaccinating have the ability to double, some of them triple the amount of throughput that they're doing. So we already have mass vaccination sites across the state. They're just not having those super high numbers and it's because of the amount of vaccine that we're receiving. We also have the ability to go out with mobile units. And again, we'll be working with the National Guard, um, our own Department of Health and our local health departments in order to be able to do those mobile units and mass vaccination sites. We learned a lot um, from um, our testing initiatives about which communities that we need to make sure that we really target and make sure that we get into those communities to be able to provide that. And we're going to do absolutely the same thing with our vaccines. Okay. You can watch that entire interview and the full one hour town hall on our website. Well, certainly the pandemic top of mind for Governor Eric Holcomb at this past week's State of the State Address, a virtual speech this year. During those remarks, the governor thanked Hoosiers for their efforts in fighting the virus. Ladies and gentlemen, because of you, the state of our state is resilient and growing. Governor Eric Holcomb on Tuesday night. He also laid out his plans to support Indiana schools, acknowledging the immense impact that COVID-19 has had on education. Local educators say there's more work to be done to keep teachers in our state. The governor's vowing to make zero budget cuts to funding for K-12 schools and is proposing an additional $377 million to increase school budgets. Despite this, the Indiana School Boards Association says more needs to be done to increase teacher pay and maintain teacher retention. Really, if we're going to make significant headway in increasing teacher pay, those numbers probably need to be closer to 2 2.5% to continue with the gains that we've made or demonstrated the last two years. The organization adds more investments need to be made to address students' learning loss since this pandemic began. Stick around. We're back to wrap things up right after this. Big day of football on both our stations. Fox 59 has the NFC Championship game today between the Green Bay Packers and Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then CBS 4 with the AFC Championship Tonight, between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs kickoff just after 6.30 this evening. We have much more with our panel coming up on our podcast. Just go to our website and click on In Focus. Much more ahead on Fox News Sunday and Face the Nation as well. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.